0: Go! Welcome to our new every Wednesday top ten edition, and this week we are going to be doing our top ten favorite 1980s horror movies. Um, as I am a fucking huge. 80s nut.
1: Huge, huge, huge. <clears throat> yeah. You know, this was a little bit difficult because it was it was hard for me to differentiate at times between thriller and horror. You know, because some movies are like a mixture of both. Right. You know, so I actually had to look up the the difference between a thrill, a movie thriller, and a horror film. Like Poltergeist is in the horror genre, but it's more of a thriller in a way. It's a it's a horror movie. Yeah, it's Toby Hooper. So, um, um, yeah, or like uh, Dead Heat, uh,
0: um,
1: or like Monster Body Heat, like Monster Squad. You know,
0: Monster Squad is like a comedy. Yeah, it's a horror. little yeah, but it's still acceptable. It's still kind of yeah. a horror movie. So here's my top ten. So number ten is Night of the Demons, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Linnea Quigley, and that's it. Watch Night of the Demons with Linnea Quigley in it, and you'll fucking understand why it's in my top ten. What about the Lair of the White Worm? No. Sleepaway (laughs) Camp is number nine. I thought about that one. It's, It's not scary, but, you know. You got the transgender. Oh my god! That ending—the
1: first time I saw that
0: as a kid—holy shit! Freaks you you the
1: fuck out. That look on her face, dude.
0: Oh my god! And it's not because she has a penis, but that was the whole. That movie became viral because of the whole she has a dick. Yeah, you know, and that's what it's. And it's not a great movie, but it's a great ending. Yeah. Uh, Number eight is Basket Case, Uh, (laughs) the original Basket Case, because. How many movies can you say has a puppet fucking mutant, you yeah. know, uh, basically a conjoined twin that they put into, you know, yeah, a, a basket and it just goes and it, it, it humps things yeah. and it gets all angry and it's all stop motion animation. It's the best of the worst. Yeah. Right. Uh, number seven is The Thing. It should be higher on the list, but The Thing is a real movie. You know what I'm saying? Not that these aren't real movies. Yeah, the thing is a real. It's like real cinema. Mm. It's everything that you want in a horror movie. Yeah, you know it leaves you guessing at the end. It's not cheesy. It's not campy. It's not. I mean, but the reason why I put it at number seven is because although these are our favorite, this is not my favorite. Yeah, favorite. That
1: that's how I'm doing. I'm thinking <clears> like the the most horror like the. You know, certain just a category, but not yeah. I know what you're saying.
0: So, and and it's it's not as gory as all these other movies that we're talking. Yeah, because some of these in my list
1: are nowhere near anywhere near my favorite fucking
0: movies yeah, at all. They're, they're just be. they should be your favorite horror. I'm movies. talking
1: about like just most effective that
0: I that that hit me the most. Right, but they should be your favorite, not cinematically pleasing or sorta kinda. Um, number six is From Beyond. I can watch this. All day long from beyond. Um, it doesn't introduce. I think it does introduce us to Herbert West, who is played by. Uh, uh, damn it, I always forget his name. Jeffrey something or other. Jeffrey
1: Donovan. No. <laughs> yeah, Jeffrey. I'm sorry,
0: Jeffrey Tambor. He he was in The Frighteners too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he was in. Um, he was in. Uh, Jeffrey Combs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so I I believe that From Beyond was the. F- was the first of these movies. It was directed by Stuart Gordon. I've never seen From Beyond. Um, It's uh, obsessive scientist Dr. Pretorius, uh, played by Ted Sorrell, successfully discovers a way to access a parallel universe of pleasure by tapping into the brain's pineal gland. When he is seemingly killed by forces from his this other dimension, his assistant, Dr. Crawford Tillinghast, Jeffrey Combs, is accused of the murder. After psychiatrist Catherine McMichaels, Barbara Crampton, and Detective Bubba Brownlee
1: <laughs> That's a name.
0: take the case, the trio risks a return to the other world in order to solve the mystery. It all takes place in basically a house. And he, and and uh, Dr. Pretorius, Ted Sorrel, builds this machine. And this machine, he, he does get... Uh, uh, Possessed yeah. by this thing, and you know it, the the movie just doesn't end well. Uh, the the dude uh, Bubba Brownlee, played by Ken Foree, gets fucking eaten by bugs, and like you can you, you can see just his torsos left, and, yeah. and the rest is just all gore and so it's and, gory as hell. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's just cheesy gore. Yeah, and it's fun to watch. And Crawford Tillingshass really is. I mean. <clears throat> That's it's basically our introduction to Doctor Herbert West, who uh, Jeffrey Combs is most famous for playing. Um, it's got Barbara Crampton in it. It's got Ken Foree. It's got Ted Sorrell. uh Reanimator is also be, part of this. Beyond Reanimator, Bride of Reanimator, um, and a bunch of others that they have uh, done of the H.P. Lovecraft um, movies. In terms of uh, horror movies, this is this is a fun one, and the reason why I picked it as well—it's one of my favorites. That's the reason why I picked it. Yeah. <clears throat> Come on, where are you? Oh, I was in the wrong spot. Boop doop. So, number five, Poltergeist is in my list. Toby H- Hooper, Steven Spielberg. Again, not technically a horror movie. It's it's a psychological horror. Yeah. Though. Um, you have, I mean, th- there are moments of horror in it. When, when is it? Joe Beth Williams. Yeah. When Joe Beth Williams falls into the pool and the bodies start start the, floating up. Yeah, the real up. skeletons. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the 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 ghosts in the closet and you know, the clown. Oh yeah. Uh, all these creepy things are going on, <clears throat> you know, and I'm always reminded every time I think about poltergeist, <laughs> the stupidest thing, which is when they do, when family guy did Peter Geist and he, <laughs> and he stuck his head out of Meg's ass. He's like, Hey, well, check it out. Um, I have Poltergeist on my DVR yeah. on purpose so I can watch it when I want to watch it. Yeah, I don't have it on DVD, and I actually should get it on DVD.
1: Every your night should always end with the way the TV sh- the TV ends. Yeah, on Poltergeist. Yeah, it's like it used to.
0: Yeah. Uh, number four is Creepshow. Okay. How, how can you not love Creepshow? Stephen King, uh, all those guys. Let me hold on a second. Let me bring this up. It's Father's Day. Oh, I and mean I got my cake. <clears throat> <clears throat> Made your shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh I looked up Stephen King and not Creep Show. Creep Show was one of those movies I saw in the fucking theater. Mm-hmm. I saw it at the dollar theater when they had the dollar theater and you know, they didn't even care. We could, we walked in there, we could watch fucking anything. Yeah. When Terminator John Rambo, yeah, Rambo 2 actually is what it was. Hmm. Um, the film consists of five short stories Father's Day, The Lonesome Death of Jody Verrill, Something to Tide You Over, uh, The Crate, and They're Creeping Up on You. Now, the first one, Father's Day, yeah, um, and I'm 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 pointing this one out specifically because Father's Day was an original story written by King for the film, um, a miserly old patriarch by the name of Nathan Grantham. Uh, whose fortune was made through bootlegging, fraud, extortion, and murder for hire, is killed on Father's Day by his long-suffering spinster daughter, Bedelia. Bedelia was already unstable as a result of a lifetime spent putting up with her father's incessant demands and emotional abuse. The sequence begins in 79 with the remainder of Nathan's descendants, including Nathan's granddaughter, his great-grandchildren, and Cass's husband, I'm sorry, uh, his great-grandchildren, Richard, Cass, and Cass's husband, Hank. They get together for their annual dinner on the third Sunday in June. Bedelia, who typically arrives later than others, stops in the cemetery outside the family house to lay a flower at the grave and drunkenly reminisce about how she murdered her insufferable, overbearing father. She accidentally spills her whiskey bottle in front of the headstone. It seems to have a reanimating effect on the mortal remains interred below. Suddenly, Nathan's putrefied, maggot-infested corpse emerges from the burial plot in the form of a revenant who has come back to claim father's, the Father's Day cake he never got. Grantham slowly avenges himself on Bedelia and the rest of his idol, scheming, money-grubbing heirs, <clears throat> and he kills them all before finally attending his father, attaining his Father's Day cake topped with Sylvia's severed head. While the ending is left ambiguous in the film with Nathan gloating over a terrified cast and Richard in freeze frame, the comic book based on the film gives a vague hint that Nathan's next act, act was to blow out their candles. Mm. Their candles. Yeah. <clears throat> and you did the voice. But when you're when you hear the voice in creep show, yeah. it's guttural. Oh, and it's creepy. Done, it, yeah, it's
1: done it's almost like it's done through water or something.
0: Yeah, and it's fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, the Lonesome Death of Jody Vero is based on Stephen King's short story <laughs> "Weeds." Yep. Um, uh, he has a he finds a meteor that will provide enough money for him from the local college to pay off his two hundred dollar bank loan.
1: Yeah, when he when he offs himself at the end of that, the first time I saw that as a kid, it was fucking. Let me
0: m- let me get to that. Then you can say it because it's important that we get to that before we give it away, right? Um, it, he. Burns himself on the meteor. Uh, weeds start growing in the house. Everything Jordy's touched. Pours himself a bottle of vodka. Um, he had actually gone to the college uh, to uh, show the professor, he sh- but the, the meteor had been cracked open and was, uh, spews a glowing blue substance that comes into contact with his skin. Um, Jordy falls asleep, wakes up only to find out it was not a dream and, he's, and that he's now grown a beard of weeds. He takes a bath. He's cautioned by the ghost of his father that the parasite wants water and to not get in the tub, but when the itching from the growth of his skin becomes unbearable, Geordi succumbs to the temptation. The next morning, Geordi and his farm have been completely covered with dense layers of the hideous alien vegetation. He reaches for a shotgun and... Go ahead. <laughs> and he just says, please, please. And, and the way the
1: voice that... I mean, it's just sad. It was a sad ending for his character.
0: Yeah. And this is what... I mean, I don't understand why... Everybody has problems making Stephen King movies, but like Creepshow. Directed by George Romero. Two two Stephen King stories, and they're fucking fantastic. Yeah. You know, so where lies the problem? Wrong, Is it,
1: wrong directors, wrong screenplay
0: writers. I don't think it has anything to do with the wrong director. But yeah, I you know, you're right. I think that has everything to do with the fact that they want to make it their own. Yeah. Instead of. It's already Stephen King's. Yeah. Don't try to make it your own. Take the story and make it a Stephen King story. That's why it is so successful while Dark Tower wasn't.
1: I think the only one that someone tried to make their own that was really fucking good was The Shining.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to disagree. I don't think, I don't think Stephen, well, Stephen King doesn't like Kubrick's version of The Shining for whatever reason. That's his own reason. Um, And I don't, I didn't like the, uh, the Timothy Daly version of Oh the, the
1: yeah, you talking about the um the, the Web the Weber, the um Stephen Mike, Weber. Stephen Weber and, and yeah. Rebecca De Mournet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then there was another version of it and another version. There's like three versions of the Shining. Yeah. And 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 like I said, not, I don't think I'm a fan of the Kubrick version um because of the time that it came out. Uh-huh. I think that's the only reason. I never got into it. So okay. I can't I didn't I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just not a fan of mm-hmm. it. Uh, Something to tide you over. Um, (laughs) This one has Leslie Nielsen in it, and it's got Ted Danson. Yeah, and you don't like
1: Ted Danson very much. I
0: never liked Ted Danson, but he was really good in this, and so was Leslie Nielsen. (laughs) And and he buries two people up to their necks below the high tide line, explaining that they have a chance to survive if they can hold their breath long enough for the sand to loosen once the seawater covers them. So, and then he starts hearing voices, and he has all these. He's a rich man. You know, and then all of a sudden, uh, Ted Danson and the other character, um, Becky. So Becky and uh, who is, okay, so Richard Vickers is a wealthy psychopath whose spry jocularity belies his cold-blooded murderousness, stages a terrible fate for his unfaithful wife, Becky, and her lover, Harry Wentworth. So he goes to Harry's house, and he's talking to him, and and and. He sticks his foot in the door and like Ted Danson's character says, like I can bench press like 250 pounds. You don't think that your foot's going to be that big of a deal for me to close it. I'll take it right off. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, you know, just, I want, I want to invite you out to the house, blah, blah, blah. And he invites him out to the house and he brings him out to the beach and there's this video camera right there. Yeah. And, and there's, there's her, she's there in the sand. Yeah. And then he's like, he starts making him dig his grave, right. Mm-hmm. And gets in there and, he shovels in all the fucking dirt or the, the sand. sand. Yeah. And then, like, it cuts away. And then as he's watching, in, in Ted Danson's face is right on camera. He's like, I'll get you, you son of a bitch, right? Yeah. And, and then the camera goes out, and he thinks that the camera, had, because of the tide. Yeah, the water. Pretty much has uh, destroyed the water. And then, it, and then it shows the scene where they were at, and then it shows the cut cable. You know, for the camera, and then they come in, and then they kill him, blah, blah, blah. Um, Again, with the voices, it's the same style of voices, that watery, guttural, weird, Yeah. you know. And I love the way
1: it ends. It ends perfectly. Yes.
0: You know, where Leslie Nielsen screams,
1: I can hold my breath for a long
0: time, and he does that fucking Leslie Nielsen laugh, and it's fucking great. And then it flips over. And then you have the crate. Mm -hmm. This is another one of my favorite ones. It has... um, Hal Holbrook. Adrian Barbeau, Hal Holbrook, and... um, uh, uh, I don't know the actor, but I know who you're talking about. I I can't remember his name, but he's in a lot of these types of movies. Um, A college janitor, Mike drops a quarter, finds a wooden storage crate marked Arctic Expedition, June 19th, 1834. He notices Dexter Stanley, a college professor of the fine... The two decide to open the crate, and it is found to contain a multi-fanged ape-like creature. It's played by, by Daryl F- uh, Ferrucci, which, despite its diminutive size, promptly kills and entirely devours Mike, leaving behind only his boot. After escaping, Stanley r- runs into a graduate stu- student, Charlie uh, Gerson, who is skeptical and investigates the crate has been moved back under the stairs, and Gerson is killed by the creature as he examines the crate. Uh, Stanley flees to inform his friend and colleague at the university uh, Professor Henry Northrop, uh, Stanley, who's now traumatized and hysterical, babbles to Northrop that the dead, deadly monster must be disposed of somehow. Northrop sees the creature as a way to rid himself of his perpetually drunk, obnoxious, and emotionally abusive wife. And there's some great scenes in there where. You know Barbo is just fucking being a bitch oh, and yeah. everything else, and like he shoots her with a like a gun or you know, blows her head off or, or whatever, and she falls over dead. And everybody just stops and turns and looks at him, and starts clapping. You know he's having all these oh yeah th- these fantasies, yeah. Right? these daydreams. You know different ways to kill her, and then he figures out that he he's he's doing that, and she's like Jesus Christ, you can't even do that right. You can't you know? even think straight. And then um like at at one moment um the beast in does indeed mall and eat heard like i think yeah it's she, okay so he gets the he opens the crate and then um i can't remember him. if it's stanley or adrian barbeau i think it's it's doctor it's dr stanley that he bites somebody's face and you can see the claw marks and you know yeah. the, the bite marks in the face the makeup on that was so spectacular yeah and then, of course, Northrop secures the beast back inside his crate, drops it into a nearby lake where it sinks to the bottom. <laughs> I could hold my breath for a long time. I
1: like it just like it seemed like the monster, because remember he pushes his wife towards the crate, and it doesn't come out, right? right? And then all of a sudden she starts laughing at him and bitching at him, and it was like the monster got sick of her bitching.
0: Yeah. And then it grabs her and fucking pulls her into the crate. Yeah. Um, he returns to assure Stanley that the creature's no more, but it is revealed to the audience that the beast has escaped its crate yeah um they're creeping up on you is all about cockroaches, yeah you know uh upson Pratt is a cruel, ruthless businessman whose mysophobia mysophobia is a uh, is a he has a pathological fear of contamination in germs <clears throat> and he lives in this absolutely it's clean environment completely sterile environment yeah. yeah um hermetically sealed uh with both electric locks and surveillance cameras he uh his apparent contacts with the outside world are through telephone where people call to denounce Pratt for ruining their families. And Mr. White, a put upon employee who is made to run errands, uh, during a particular severe lightning storm. He's, uh, looking out over concrete canyons of New York as a rolling blackout travels his way. It hits his empowerment tower. The terror begins because he finds himself helpless when his flat becomes overrun by hordes of cockroaches, um, this is so cool. He locks himself inside his panic room only to find out that the cockroaches have infested that. No escape. He's swarmed, He's, you know, which induces a fatal heart attack. Later, as the electricity returns, Pratt's corpse is shown in the panic room. Uh, however, Pratt's body soon begins, you know, it starts to bump break, and move. Break open, yeah. yeah it's and, fucking gross. And uh, the cockroaches burst out of his body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mr. White calls in a report, but gets no answer. Then he says to himself, what is the matter, Mr. Pratt? Bugs got your tongue? Uh, and then there's the following morning, two garbage men. I think it's played, uh, the, the garbage men are played by Dick Jones. No, Dick Miller. That's what I meant. Thank you. Dick Miller and um, uh, somebody else. again. It doesn't matter. They're looking at the ads for X- x-ray specs and a Charles Atlas bodybuilding course. There's also an advertisement for Voodoo Dalba lament that the order form has already been redeemed. Uh, Inside the house, Stan complains of neck pain, which escalates and becomes deadly as Billy repeatedly and gleefully jabs the voodoo doll as he gets revenge on his father for past abuse. And Billy is from the very beginning of the, uh, he does, they have an epilogue, but they have a prologue as well, where the kid is, you know, the creep show kid. Uh, Joe King. Oh,
1: oh, Tom Savini.
0: Yeah, Joe King plays Billy.
1: Yeah, Tom Savini was one of the garbage men.
0: Yeah, uh, Marty Schiff and Tom Savini, Tom Atkins. Where was Dick Miller in this? Um, I thought he played one of the Garbage Men, but <clears throat> maybe not. Father's Day, Ed Harris as Hank Blaine. Richard Gere, uh, uncredited as man on TV. Lonesome Death of Jody Verrill has Bingo O'Malley as Jordy's father and doctor. Something to tide you over is Leslie Nielsen, Galen Ross, Ted Danson, and Richard Gere. Uh, the Crate has Hal Holbrook, Adrian Barbeau, Fritz Weavers, who we we're thinking about, uh, as Dexter Stanley. Don Kiefer, Robert Harper, Chuck Aber, Christine Forrest, David Garrison, and Daryl Ferrucci as Fluffy the Great Beast. Um, They're Creeping Up On You has E.G. Marshall, who has done a lot of stuff, and Ned Beatty as the voice of Bob Bean. Um, let's see. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, I highly suggest it. I've got it on DVD. Yep. Uh, the sequel, not so good. No, but still fun. So, fr- Fritz William Weaver, he was also in. Um, uh uh Reanimator, he I I believe. Okay, yeah. Played a corpse, yeah. No.
1: He ends up becoming a corpse in Reanimator.
0: Uh, God, he was in a ton of T V. Creep Show, Thomas Crown Affairs. <coughs> Anyways. Where am I? Come on. <laughs> uh mm-hmm. number three, Friday the thirteenth, part three. This is the movie that Friday the thirteenth movies really got me into the eighties horror thing. Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. It was in three D. Um, I don't remember seeing it in three D. I could have. Re- I I think I may have. Yeah. But I definitely. You know, my friend had uh, rented it and I borrowed it from him and I just watched it over and over again.
1: Part three is the one where he gets the hockey mask, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, it's it's one of my favorites because it it shows it shows Jason as a different type of killer, very methodical. And uh, and and a little bit more creepy than the part two.
1: Like well, he's better fleshed out by then.
0: Yeah, and part four, uh, it's just a better. It's that version of Jason is what they're basing everything off of for the future films that they had done, uh, especially the remake in 2009, if you want to call it a remake. Mm. Number two is Evil Dead 2. Uh, Evil (laughs) Dead and then Evil Dead 2 basically is just a remake of Evil Dead, but that's the one where Sam Raimi really got to throw all of his shit into the movie and make it what he wanted it to make it um, with all the weirdness, and that led into Army of Darkness and everything else that he did. Number one is Nightmare on Elm Street. I took a little bit of time on Creepshow because that one by far is – the special. most yeah that one's the that one's the creepiest of all these movies yeah um it's not my favorite but it's you know it's in my top 4 um it, it's not a better movie than these other 3 that's what yeah. I'm trying to say but it has a special place in my heart i will literally watch that movie at the drop of a hat uh number 1 is nightmare on elm street that's the fucking scariest movie i'd ever seen uh at that point it came out like 85 86 on tape or whatever yeah and i had rented it and god damn it i couldn't fucking sleep for a week after that um it's there are just so many good parts in that goddamn movie that uh Wes craven is was is was the master at being able to get creep and chill and and the way he he filmed the movies mm-hmm. was just fantastic i thought you were gonna have a hellraiser in there no and i didn't even think about hellraiser um I, I I mean, I was looking through these, these this category yeah. and I'm like, you know, I mean, Hellraiser is fine, but as far as movies go, it didn't, like the movies that I'm talking about, like I've literally talked with you about every one of these movies, yeah. even Night of the Demons has, has been brought up more than Hell, and I've talked about you with, about these movies more than I've talked to you about Hellraiser. Yeah. I mean, I I'll talk about Clive Barker, but. Generally, when it comes, you to like Fly his Darker, books more
1: than than his movies.
0: Yeah, I mean, exactly. And and none of I mean, Hellraiser is a movie that'll stick with me, but it's not on this level. Yeah, it's still on a level, but not not here. Mm-hmm. This is tier one. Uh, my honorables are Halloween two. Uh, reanimator mm-hmm. Friday the 13th part 2 because Jason actually moves really fast in that in that yeah um, that's where he's
1: wearing the clan hood
0: <laughs> yeah um, like but at the beginning of the movie is yeah. the creepiest part of the movie where oh, you yeah. find his mom's head in the fucking refrigerator
1: yeah and then he uses the screwdriver to kill the the, the survivor of the, the first film right
0: uh, yeah yeah and then army of darkness because um, it's not considered a horror movie. But yet it's got a lot of horror elements. But it's got horror el- elements in it. Give me some sugar, baby. That's why I, I put it as my honorable, yeah. although it's one of my all-time favorite movies.
1: I originally started with 24 films, and I had to break them down thinking about their effectiveness um, in, in, a, in, a, in a horror regard. Mm-hmm. So um, my top 10, starting with number 10, Cannibal
0: Holocaust. You know what? I knew you were going to use that. It is the,
1: I, it's a movie I never want to see again, but every time I think about it, it creeps me the fuck out.
0: That's the that's 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 the original, not the yeah. obviously. Um, the one from
1: nineteen eighty. Right. That had a lawsuit. I mean the guy fucking got charged the director got charged with murder. He had to prove that these actors were still alive. Right. You know, it's just amazing trivia with the film. And it's so well done and off-putting in its, in its uh, you know, um, handheld camera style. And it's just fucking creepy. The music is creepy. It left this long-lasting impression with me that it has it just... I watched it like three years ago, and it's still
0: fucking there. You know what I mean? I was listening to a Brad Easton Ellis podcast with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Because, again, I'm in that renaissance of relearning things. Yeah. I mean, not just relearning, but jumping in and... F- in finding things and yeah. enjoying and re-enjoying, you know, script writing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they were talking about this movie. Not, they were talking about this movie, but they were talking about Eli Roth's version of this movie. Oh, okay. yeah, the, the Green Inferno. Yeah, and... Because that was the original title of that movie. And um, um, Ellis was talking about it, and Quentin Tarantino hadn't... I don't know, I mean, it may have not been Quentin Tarantino, but anyways, the, the conversation was interesting because... The person that was talking about ho- ho- cannibal Holocaust, yeah, never heard of it, <laughs> and they're filmmaker, yeah, and they're like, "No, I don't know what you're talking about." It's like, "Oh," and he goes into the whole thing, yeah. just what you're talking about, and he's like, "It is, it is amazing," and I never want to see it again. Yeah, so
1: I mean, I, is that effective? I, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like when you super watch, super fucking effective. It's like when you watch The Mist, and it's a good movie, but it has the ballsiest ending I've ever seen for a film. And yet I never want to watch it again because that ending is so off-putting that I, I just can't go back to it. Right. You know? Um, but I still give it fucking bravo that they fucking... They had the balls to do it. Yep. Um, all right. So number two, uh, number nine, sorry, is uh, George Romero's Day of the Dead. Um, not like... The, some of the the zombie makeup in it is really fucking bad and, and not in a good way. But there is this this sense of... This constant sense of doom with the music and the and the scenarios that these characters are in that when I watched this movie over 30 years ago on videotape, and then I, I even to this day, it's just fucking, it, it just, it hits you, you know, it, it makes you feel something like the, like I said, this overwhelming sense of doom and hopelessness. And that's an effective horror film, right? You know, with day of the dead. Um, number eight is uh, Catherine Bigelow's near dark. Um, that came out in the '80s. Yeah, 1986. Um, it, well, or '87. Um, it, it came out like right after Aliens did. Okay. Because she was married to James Cameron at the time. Right, right. And it's got ca- actors. There are some actors that are in Near Dark. that were in Aliens. You know, um, like Lance Henriksen and, and stuff. And uh, and yeah, Near Dark is a. It is when it gets gory, it gets fucking gory. And uh, Bill Paxton, of course, is in it. He plays a fucking murderous asshole vampire, and it's just. One of those films that no one ever fucking remembers. But yeah, when you talk about it, and if they've seen it, they're like, "Oh yeah, that was pretty fucking good." You know, I, yeah, you know, I so yeah, I had to put *Near Dark* in there. Um, number seven is *Aliens*. Uh, James Cameron's *Aliens*. I know it's a whole mixture of different kinds of genres in a way. You know,
0: I thought about using *Aliens*, but yeah. I stayed away from it specifically because um, of how big it is. No, well, because it's yeah. part of a, uh, um, it's it's part of a bigger. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, genre. Yeah. It's more sci-fi than anything yeah. else. But yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just, but, I mean, I did feel the sense of horror with this film, you know, the, just how creepy it was with the beginning with Newt and her family going to where the, you know, the, the ship was and, and finding all the eggs and, and, and just everything. I mean, it just, you, you felt the dread with this entire film, you know, the impending, you know, all these aliens coming and shit. It was just fucking so well done. Uh, uh, number six is The Lost Boys. Um, uh, I, I look, I, I know that, and, and see this. This the reason why is because even though most of the horror elements of, I, I you know, and this is why this was a tough list for me because, you know, there are some I, films. I'm that not are more, telling you whether I you're know. right or wrong, but this is a tough one because this one also covers a lot of different things. You know, it's got a great sense of humor. It's got great characters. Um, there is some good horror in the movie. You know, so I, I just when it comes to and and also the replay factor, I can watch this fucking movie five times a year if I wanted to, or more, you know, it's got a great replay. Uh, number five, uh, John Carpenter's The Fog. Um, not everyone's a huge fan of this movie, but the ambiance of it from start to finish, the ambiance of it, the music, everything about it is just so fucking creepy and well done with, with, with a low budget and, and just the actors and characters, everything. I, I fucking love it. It's a great ghost story, you know? Uh, Number four is the remake of The Blob. I fucking love the remake of The Blob. It's got interesting characters, great practical visual effects, um, great action scenes, um, and it's creepy, it's scary, and it fucking works. It's even got little doses of humor sprinkled here and there. I love The Blob. Still to this day, I watch it like once or once a year or so. Um, number three is The Evil Dead. Um, I am not a huge fan of Evil Dead Two. Um, it, the, it, it's a great, it's a great horror film, and it's a great sequel, or you know, re, you know what I mean, you know. Um, but it's just there's just too much funny in it for me. I love the original. How it just it, it felt more scary, and it was, it was definitely creepy, and 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 it just, I, I just love it. I know it's cheesy. A lot of the things are cheesy with it, but still, it, it just. That's the one that gets me more as a horror film than Evil Dead 2. Um, number two is uh, Stanley Kubrick's "The Shining." Um, this is a, mo- of course, more psychological horror than anything, but it, the, the psychological is so dense and so just I mean, it's palpable. You can fucking feel this, 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 this shroud of horror the entire film from right from the first shot with the, with the can- you know, the helicopter in the air in there. It's going with the, the car going through these mountains and, and, and just everything that every character is going through in this film, you just fucking feel it with the great camera angles and everything. I just, I've read the book and I've seen the movie and I can separate them both. I really can And I love this film. It is great. There's so much cool trivia with it. And I just saw the trailer for Dr. Sleep, which is, you can tell is, um, I don't know how much it's going to, you know, change because it looks like it's also, it looks like a sequel to The Shining movie more than, than just uh, based off of Stephen King's book. You know what I mean? So I don't know how.
0: Stephen King's book is a sequel to The Shining.
1: Well, no, I mean, this movie, the movie Dr. Sleep looks like it's a sequel to The Shining movie, not The Shining book
0: in a way. They're both the same thing. Doctor Sleep is a sequel to The Shining. Well, I know it. The book is a sequel, and the movie is a sequel.
1: Yes, I I, I understand
0: that. That's what they're. So, that's but how okay, it's, set
1: up. it's like this. It's like okay, if you read the Lost World Jurassic Park book, it's a sequel to Jurassic Park, but it co- goes in a completely fucking different direction than the Lost World Jurassic Park movie because it ends differently than the movie. Doesn't
0: do. matter. The book is a sequel to The Shining. Yes. The movie is a sequel to The Shining.
1: So when you watch the, the the trailer for this new movie coming out, it looks more like, of course, I haven't read the book, so I don't know yet. I haven't read the Dr. Sleep book. But um, just how they're showing like like scenes from the original Shining movie right. in the trailer, yeah. that makes me think that, the, that this one is going to be focusing on being a sequel to that movie and not a sequel to the book, the original book. Does that make sense to you? Do you no, understand?
0: it's not. No,
1: Because Stanley Kubrick changed a lot of shit, dude. So it, there's a different direction things can go. Like, for example, you know, Jack Nicholson's character, he tries to save them at the end, and he blows the fucking boiler to save his family. Okay, but in the Stanley Kubrick version, he just goes fucking nuts and dies in a, in a labyrinth that didn't exist in the book. You know, and Dick Halloran didn't die in the book. He saved them. He saved Wendy and, and Danny. So there's going to be changes. That's what I
0: mean. You may be right. Yeah. It may be a sequel to the, who knows but it looks more like a sequel. It yeah. looks like a combination of both.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what I'm wondering, is if it's going to, you know, hopefully they, hopefully it's good. Fuck it. Either way, I hope it's good. Right. Um, number one, John Carpenter's The Thing. I, I The greatest fucking horror movie ever. I mean, I just, the music. The, but, I mean, it's still debatable. Uh, yeah, and, and the characters. I mean, every character has the distinctive personality that stands out. Um, you just, I love it. I love The Thing. And it is it is awesome. I So, um, all right. My, my honorable mentions, I'll fly through them, um, are Nightmare on Elm Street, Poltergeist, American Werewolf in London, The Fly, done by you know Cronenberg, mm-hmm. um, Creep Show, mm-hmm. Scanners, uh, Return of the Living Dead, Night of the Creeps, Monster Squad, Predator. Not a horror movie. It has elements of horror. Not a horror movie. That's why I didn't put it in there because it, it seemed to be more sci-fi than actual horror. So that's why I didn't put it in. Uh, Hellraiser, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Parents with Randy Quaid. You remember that movie? Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. See, I I missed a whole bunch when I was going through my list. Yeah. I didn't miss a whole bunch. I just went with I went with what I I knew was what I wanted. They stuck in your head. Um, like Maniac, I've seen, but. you know mm, Psycho 2 is not uh, eh. I saw the Funhouse Funhouse is fucking creepy as shit
1: yeah I remember I watched that uh, and I forgot about that Dead and Berry
0: Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 wasn't a big fan of Silent Night Deadly Night again creepy as shit The Beyond I never saw My Bloody Valentine is supposed to be really I liked it Uh, obviously Scanners Cujo Um, There's a whole lot.
1: I need to see Hell Knight again because I haven't seen Hell Knight since it was new.
0: The Gates of Hell. Motel Hell, I don't consider a horror movie. And the one fucking movie that I never talk about that has Michael Rooker in it. Yeah, yeah, he played Henry. Is Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which is one of the best performances I have ever seen in my life Mm -hmm. on a movie that looks like it's a documentary. It's like... It's like Spinal Tap. It's not a mockumentary, but it's a documentary. This guy is a fucking serial killer. And as you watch it, you are so fucking taken back by how dead inside this, no pun intended, dead inside this person is. Yeah. And- and. It's an amazing performance.
1: It is. It's underrated, and people don't. Talk, people finally talk about it now more than than they ever did before. Yeah,
0: and I and I saw this movie like ten years ago I, or fifteen I, years ago. I saw it for the first time like a, a year ago or less. Yeah, and that yeah. was on a recommendation from me. Uh-huh. I because we had been talking about that, and I keep uh-huh. forgetting about Henry Portrait of serial killer. I forgot about American Werewolf in London.
1: Yeah when i when I <clears> mentioned <throat> that, I was like, yeah, I thought you were going to go because I I thought that would be on your list.
0: Cause you love uh, you love that movie. That movie is awesome. Um, I I was I wanted to add The Fly, uh-huh. but um, I just I had a feeling that you were going to or yeah. or and, and I don't. It's not my type of horror film. I mean, I liked the movie. Don't get me wrong. It just I I, wa- I bought it on Blu-ray because they had it for like five bucks, and I watched it again and.
1: It just feels like the movie's too short. Like it rushes through things a little too quickly. Yeah. Like he becomes the he starts mutating really fast and he gets from point A to point B too quickly. And I think there needed to be a little more time for for stuff to happen. Yeah.
0: The howling. I stayed away from the fog, although it's still a great movie. Yeah. Um, because I knew that you were going to do it. I forgot about Fright Night, but I don't consider Fright Night a real horror movie. It's not. And it has its moments. It's, like the yeah. the the remake is much more horror movie. I than, love the
1: remake too. That, that does, I really yeah. I love the 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 Colin Farrell remake.
0: Um, I don't consider Aliens a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, Gremlins is not a horror movie. That's why I didn't put it on my list at all. Sleepaway yeah. Camp, Halloween Two, Child's Play is, but again, I'm talking. I'm these movies are the ones that impacted on me. Yeah. That's why I did my list. Um and that's why you did your list. Return of the Living Dead. I don't it's more of a fucking like I forgot Pumpkinhead.
1: You know what the problem with Return of the Living Dead is? It it, it it's it's it's, campy. A, it's effective when it's serious, but when it gets campy, they fucking it offsets it and it ruins it. I mean, look at the cuz it starts off really fucking good. It starts off really creepy and
0: scary and then it just then it becomes then there. it some
1: starts to get funny.
0: That 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 scene right there. Yeah. Where the guy's popping out of the little thing. I don't
1: like how he has fucking
0: normal eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. That's, he, and that's, rotting. what, see, and then there's another one. Yeah. That's part two. But, uh, right there. See the guy? Yeah. He, he came out of the little, <laughs> the 55 gallon drum. Yeah. And, and they're just kind of making fun. But if you look at the picture, this picture where it has punks. Yeah. On it. I mean, it's just, I think that's why I just don't care about the fucking movie. Is just, there's a lot of it that's, it's post apocalyptic bullshit you know and i don't i don't it's it doesn't do anything for me yeah uh she was in melinda clark was in fucking she was Hellraiser. in
1: spawn yeah she was in spawn also she played um church yeah so yeah she's hot yeah i i remember she was on um the oc i used to
0: watch that with bev uh, with the ex yeah she's beautiful she's 50 years old Yeah, she's she's my age all <laughs> right all right all right but eek, eek. Um, yeah, look at her. I just, uh, I, I, if the movie didn't, I thought she was in Hellraiser. Why did I think she was in Hellraiser? Because there's someone else. Oh, there's one there. that looks like Hel- her in Hellraiser. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I find the the movies that made an impact on us yeah. growing up are the ones that are going to, like, even though I disagree with some of your picks about whether or not they're horror movies.
1: And that's what made it tough, man. I really did.
0: I, I, I I I can't disagree with what you have because, like, Predator. I disagree with Predator because it's not a horror movie. It's a fucking action movie. That's what it is. And and that's one of the reasons
1: why it didn't end up being on my final.
0: Yeah, you put it in your honorable. Like, Army of Darkness is not a horror movie. That's why, so.
1: Yeah, you know what? I mean, Predator is still better than almost every movie I had on that list. So, yeah, you know, but. On my list, fuck you. I'm talking about my
0: list. Like, a, a
1: Predator is a great fucking movie. It's I just don't, you know what I
0: disagree with that. Th- you have the Thing on your list. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Predator is better than the Thing. I,
1: I'm a, not saying yeah. I'm I just mean that most like if you go off all 24 movies that I have on on my start off list, yeah, Predator is
0: like better than most of those movies. Yeah, the Thing, Creepshow, Poltergeist, but as a horror, Nightmare film, on Elm Street, Evil Dead. I don't think it's a, a better movie than those movies right there. I just like better yeah. in any way it's it's just a different movie though yeah um and and that's that's what it comes down to is when it comes to top tens I mean it's all personal, it's very very it, personal. yeah and
1: you've got you've got one two three you've got three movies on your top ten that I have not seen um I've wanted to see Basket case, but it always everywhere I look you have to fucking pay for it uh neither of the demons I just have never gotten around to it, and you from beyond, I don't even remember it existed
0: yeah. yeah. So I got,
1: I got some catching up to do. Yeah. I, I definitely have some catching up to do. Yeah. So
0: I didn't know you didn't have basket case.
1: No, I don't. you could, yeah. You know, uh, we, we could do something about that. That's fine. It. it could be yeah. something we need to remedy. That's isn't
0: a, it? That's a, that's a fucking tragedy. <laughs> hmm. All right. So, uh, all right. What do you, what do you think we're going to talk about next? I don't know. And I'm going to keep it a secret for now because I don't fucking know. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, We'll figure it out as we go along, but I believe that our next, I and mean, we're going to stick with the 80s, so our next thing should be something along the lines of, you know, favorite actors or or something. I, just, I was just reading while you were doing your top 10 list. Uh-huh. In From Beyond, I think it's From Beyond, there's a character's name is Dr. Hans Gruber.
1: <laughs>
0: and I do believe that's where they got Hans Gruber from, from Die Hard. Uh, he was born Simon Peter
1: Gruber. He's Hans Gruber's brother. No shit. That thing in L.A.? That thing in L.A. <laughs> that
0: thing in L.A. Um, I got to. All right. So that takes care of this one. Yes. All right. All right. So uh, thank you for listening. All right.
1: And we'll hit you with another Top 10 soon. Woo. Next week. Every Wednesday.